Welcome to another episode of the Moto Aftermath Show presented by TLR Coatings. We are wrapping up round three of the Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Championship from Thunder Valley in Colorado. I am solo in studio. Uh, as you can see, no one else can come, so I'm here. This will be a short show for you guys. Uh, we'll start with some fantasy talk. We will continue on to the 250s and we'll wrap it up with the 450 talk. Um, but before we do that, let's jump into some of the paperwork stuff. So... Thanks for tuning in. Make sure to like, subscribe, comment down below. I know that uh, the comment section is going to blow up with, uh, I should probably be off the show, but you know, it's my show and I'm the only one here doing it, so here we are. Um, if you guys want to follow us even more, you can follow us on all the major social media networks at the Moto Aftermath Show. Um, if you want to support us, there are all sorts of links in the description down below from t-shirts to Amazon to Patreon and uh you can support us through all those, like I said, links in the description down below. But the best way you can help us is just to smash that like button and subscribe button and then make some comments. Let's bench race through the comments because I get on there and I go back and forth with you guys. So anyway, um, before we get into the action on the track here, uh, Colorado at altitude. Um, and that's always a test for bikes and riders alike. Uh, but in today's day and age, it really hasn't hurt that much. The Geico bikes I heard were hurting a little bit during the race itself, but however, in qualifying, they weren't. Um, and other than that, the track was basically the same. A couple minor changes, nothing major. And let's jump into some fantasy here. Uh, my fantasy this week, if you aren't playing with us, we play on the Pulp Amex, through the Pulp of X Fantasy site. The fantasy league we are doing is... Moto Aftermath Show, TGO, down here, it's right here, so go to the Moto Aftermath, or I'm sorry, go to PulpMXFantasy.com and sign up, it is free to play in our league, we are giving away prizes for the top three spots, um, all of them are going to include a Moto Aftermath Show t-shirt, um, first place, get your choice of bug uh gets your choice of 100% or Liat goggles second place um gets a set of Emmett grips and the t-shirt and then third place we'll get the t-shirt and the sticker pack uh as far as my fantasy went me Justin and Cole are all in it mine did not go well I scored 278 uh highlight of mine was I did pick Jordan Smith scored me 86 points so that was helpful uh, my two low ones uh Hunter Lawrence had kind of a so-so day scored me a solid 50 points was all, and my real letdown was Joey Savacci uh, scoring me 32 points. Really sucks. Uh, 278 is a really bad score, even for me, and uh, yeah. Now I have a week off to think about how bad that was, and probably Justin and Cole are blowing me up in the comments right now telling me how bad I suck at this. Uh, but anyway, it, like I said, jump in there and play. Top three will... Uh, will... Uh, Sorry, we'll win those prizes. Um, we cannot qualify for it, so if like one of us finishes in the top three, we'll just bump it down. And uh, other than that, like I said, this is going to be a pretty short show, so let's jump into the 250s and probably the biggest controversy of the weekend and see where that goes. 
Do you need custom powder coating? Call or text TLR Coatings today at 269-870-3083 for your free powder coating quote. First off, 250s, um, we're just going to start with the major controversy on the day. Adam Cianciarillo going 2-1, picking up his third overall victory of the year here, um, but not without controversy. So second moto comes out chasing down uh, Justin Cooper, who is leading, looking like he's going to get his first overall with a 1-1. And AC goes, makes a bobble on the rollers, goes off the track. Finds the nearest uh, safe place to enter, which because of the banners, he basically skipped a whole turn. Gets back on the track, and then very, very deliberately, you can tell, slows up just so that he doesn't get penalized for it. Um, actually, from what I heard, went off the track. He was seven-tenths of a second behind Justin Cooper. When he came back on, he slowed up, and when they went across the next time, the next scoring loop, he was 1.7 seconds. So he actually let him go a second more. Um, so technically gave him more time. However, this is some big controversy going on right now around the industry. Yamaha wasn't happy. Justin Cooper on his podium interview was very unhappy. In fact, he thought he had won because he thought AC was going to get penalized for it. However, if you go by the rule, and the rule is pretty well written out, AC did exactly what he was supposed to do. He found the nearest safe place to enter the track. He actually still wheelied over a banner. He didn't even find a break in the banners. And then let, he didn't gain an advantage. He specifically slowed up, make sure he gave Justin Cooper plenty of space so he wasn't gaining any advantage. I don't have an issue with this. Comment down below if you do, whether you agree with me, disagree with me. I just want to know what your guys' thoughts are on this. I know there's a big division out there because some people are upset. Some people aren't. just kind of depends who you're a bigger fan of. Now... Here's the thing. As far as the 250s go, Justin Cooper and Adam Cianciarillo are basically separating themselves from everyone else. Dylan Ferrandez is coming. Um, he ended up fourth overall in the day with a 3-5, but he was flying. He was absolutely flying, but it's the bad starts. Now, if he can get his start straight, he can probably jump in this fight too. However, right now, if he continues to get bad starts, have to come through the pack like he has been having to do. It's going to be a rough go for him um, as far as being in the title hunt, especially when you have uh, Cianciarillo and Cooper literally trading moto wins every single weekend. Um, but for right now, I mean, AC's got the points lead. He's out there doing it and bouncing back. Um, now, again, we saw him have a strong start at Supercross, and then we all know how that finished. So who knows how this championship's going to end by the end of the year. We are only three rounds in. But right now, it's looking good for him. And like I said, him and Cooper are basically separating themselves from everyone else. Now, when you get into the everyone else category, third overall, Michael Moseman uh, with a 4-3 on the day. This kid's been building. We saw it through Supercross. He was building, building, building. Uh, I heard an interview on the Pulp Show where he actually came out and said he was injured and kind of riding his way back into shape going through Supercross. So that was kind of interesting because no one really knew that. Um, so yeah, he has been just building, building, and we, we knew it was happening, and he basically is single-handedly holding this Husky team together because Jordan Bailey and 
Thomas Covington are doing absolutely nothing. Jordan Bailey was 40th overall on the day with a 40th DNF. And then you had Thomas Covington, 26th overall on the day with a 38-30-27. Needless to say, the Thomas Covington experience isn't working. It's it's not working at all. I mean, I, I, I don't have any problem with Thomas Covington. The only problem I have is it's not working. You didn't do anything in Supercross. You came out and we had the first round, which we went, okay, cool, Supercross isn't going to be his thing anyway. We can build because I believe he got 11th or 12th this first Supercross and then didn't qualify, didn't qualify, and then was injured and out. Then he comes out and outdoors and you think, okay, cool, he's going to do this. The thing I have to say is he, I don't know, I, I, I saw it going better than this. But he's a little older. He doesn't have the hang it out vibe. I don't know. This is a rough go. And I know he's got a contract through next year with uh, Husky. But, man, he's going to be in trouble if he doesn't start producing something. Because I don't know how well that contract's going to hold up here if he does absolutely nothing outdoors. Maybe Husky sticks with him. I know that Bobby Hewitt and them, they're very, very much on that train of we're going to stick with our guys as much as we possibly can. But... I don't know, there comes a point where Husqvarna is going to step in too and be like, all right, dude, this isn't working like you're done. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, now, we already talked about Frenchie, fourth overall, 3-5 on the day. Again, bad starts. Speed there, awesome speed, high speed starts suck. Uh, Chase Sexton, fifth overall with a 7-6. I heard him on the motos. He got scary loose and got off the track, and thank God there was nothing around because otherwise like he'd have smacked whatever was in front of him. Um, I didn't really see that. Uh, maybe they played it on TV. Maybe they didn't. I don't know. I was kind of only half watching the 250 motos. I watched them a couple times, but I still probably missed some things they showed on TV. Um, but again, Stexton's one of those I thought would be better to start the year here. Uh, luckily, like I said, we're coming into the break. And like I said, too, I heard the Geico bikes weren't that good at the altitude once we got into the racing. So that could be a, that could be a factor. And then a few or a couple honorable mentions here. Hunter Lawrence, 10-7 for eighth overall. Um, again, hurt me in fantasy, and that's just not where I think he should be. He should definitely be top five fighting for it. But again, you're looking at altitude. The Geico bikes were supposedly struggling. He's still kind of learning the flow. I have a feeling the longer we go, the better Hunter Lawrence is going to get as we go through the season here. So we'll see. 10-7 is not a horrible day. He's not Thomas Covington's status at this point where I feel like the experiment's failing. He's been up front. He's showed speed. You know, he's been there, but he just has had some bad luck. And like I said, this was just the real first, like, wasn't really anything. Like, I don't even think they showed him on TV that much. So, um, and then the other honorable mention, 13th overall, Time Master Pool on that star racing Yamaha with a 616. Whole shot's the first moto and leads for a little bit. Um, that was good. I mean, he's a rookie, and you can't really ask for more than that. He got out front. He rode up front. He saw what that pace was like, got a top 10 in the first moto. I would call that a win and from what i understand they just kind of are throwing them in there and it's like here you go try it out see what happens and we don't really care about this year we'll get you next year where we'll really dig into your results and want to see some stuff so shout out to those two that's really all i have for the 250s like i said this is going to be kind of a short show here because obviously i don't have anyone to bounce stuff off to so comment down below on anything you agree or disagree with me here and we can start going back and forth that way um and especially on the ac ac uh uh, cutting the track thing there, you know, 
the controversy. Comment, you know, what do you think? Let, let's let's go back and forth. I thought it was fine. I thought it was exactly to the rules. It was as good as you could possibly do the rule where you had a bobble, got off track, didn't gain any time. In fact, gave him more time. And basically all it did was get into Justin Cooper's head, and then Justin Cooper made a mistake. And that mistake was all on his own. He was, you know, he was flustered, as he said in the press conference. Um, but, hey, that's his own doing, so he can't he can't be flustered like that. He has to literally just put his head down and go. So that's all my thoughts for the 250s. We'll move on to 450s and wrap this up. Okay, 450s here. Um, we'll start off at the top and kind of work our way down. So first overall on the day, Ken Roxon with a one-two in that first moto. Man, there's another ride. It is scary for the rest of these guys if he gets this figured out where he can go both motos. Now, I think right now what we're seeing is he's still trying to figure out this whatever health issues wrong with him. I think um, he's also kind of being smart with the, well, if I hang it out the first moto, I don't have to hang it out the second moto unless I really have to beat someone. The second moto, I think it was, okay, I have the overall against Tomac because I know he was fifth in the first race. Let's just go and see, you know, if he, if he really steps up and challenges me, which he did, Tomac was on one, then let him go and have at it, dude. Now, the thing is, is that even in the second moto with Tomac being on it and Kenny not really trying, Tomac only beat him by 10 seconds. Kenny won the first moto by almost 40 seconds. That was very reminiscent of 16 Kenny. Um, it, like I said, it is, it is scary. Kenny's got the points lead back now by, I think, it's six. So he'll have the red plate uh, after the weekend off. Um, man, what a story that would be if Ken actually wins this title. Like, stops a three-peat, wins his third one. Because um, he is, he's looking very good. Now, again, I'm still holding my breath. I'm excited for this because obviously he has the speed. But all three of these first rounds have been very, very uh, subpar for the temperature compared to most of our summer rounds here. So once we get into like WW Ranch, once we get to uh, uh, Southwick, I'm, I'm very interested to see how this heat and humidity will affect him if he's still got stuff going on. Now maybe he's got this figured out and he's got his training figured out and we're good, um, but I don't know. Uh, second overall was Tomac obviously with a 5-1. Um, that second moto, he, he dominated, he was the van, 10 seconds up. Again, only beat Kenny by 10 seconds with Kenny not even trying, so he didn't beat Kenny by as much as Kenny smoked everybody else. In that first moto, um, first moto, Tomac was coming through, had roll-off problems because of the rain, and had to go in for a goggle change, so, which they did, it wasn't the fastest one, but it wasn't bad, actually. So, um, that was okay. Third overall on the day, Zach Osborne. That Osborne train, it's it's coming um he had two good starts right up front whole shot i think he whole shot the first moto second moto he was right there um and two four overall for or i'm sorry two four for third overall on the day we're rolling we're chugging along now do i think he gets a win no because i don't not unless you have tomac and kenny stacked up in the first corner and way in the back but do i think he's going to be this podium threat most of the year yes and if you get tomac having one of those weird days for example like redbud last year where he had a bike failure ninth so he had a dnf nine 
Um, then you can see Osborne maybe get a step higher. And But like I said, it, it's going to be a hard day for him to beat both Kenny and Tomac and get to the top step of that box. But if the fucking Zacco Express here just continues on the rule it is where we're podium, you know, top five every single moto, we could be right up there in this title chase as we go forward um, to basically where if they're, they have rounds here that are bad. And it also brings me to the fourth overall, which is his teammate, Jason Anderson, who went 4-5 on the day. And Zach's kind of establishing the dominance. Like, Anderson's riding great because Anderson's not considered as much of an outdoor guy. And he's riding great. But Osborne is better. And it's getting pretty interesting here as far as Ando and Osborne because Osborne's definitely doing a little bit better than Anderson. So it'll be interesting to see as we go forward, and I believe that Zach's more of an East Coast guy. He's made it pretty apparent he doesn't really care for these West Coast tracks. Even though he always does well there, he doesn't care for them. So this will be interesting going forward. And then continuing on the Baker's Factory group here, Marv fifth overall with an 8-3. And Marv is, he's not really standing out so far this year. He's very, he's just kind of there lurking he's got speed but it's not really he's nowhere near tomac and kenny's level um but he's just kind of consistently there top five but it's very weird because we don't see marv up front now maybe as we go east maybe he will because they'll do better in the ruts and stuff the more technical tacky stuff but um we'll just have to see going forward uh so uh one more one more here the last of the baker's factory web with a three eight for six overall um, I think the Supercross Championship hangover is in full effect for Webb at this point. He is, he's okay, and he did, he was leading one of the motos, was it the second moto, I think, for a little bit there, uh, before Kenny blasted him, um, uh, but Kenny, Kenny got by really quick, and so it's interesting to see as we go along here who the dominant one out of the Baker's factory is. Now, right now, I would say it's kind of a toss-up between Osborne and Anderson with Marvin Webb kind of in this group b but as we go east here let's see if that changes if it doesn't change i don't know but it's it's interesting to see how kind of like during supercross the ktm boys were up there and now it's motocross and the husky boys are up there so this could create an interesting dynamic as we go forward at the baker's factory not that we'll ever hear about it because it's all sunshine and rainbows down there but hey you know whatever um and then we go to the puzzling thing of Baggett for 7th overall with a 7-7, seven, seven, and that that's all I got to say. Comment down below with what you think is going on with Baggett and if we think uh, El Chipacabra will show up this summer because I'm not really convinced he'll show up. And then a couple more here just to wrap this up. We had a Dean Ferris uh, sighting. He went 6-9 for 8th overall, so that was good for Yamaha because I think Yamaha is just happy when they get any bikes in the top 10. Barsha was actually 9th, too. I didn't write down his moto scores, but Barsha was actually 9th. So to have both those bikes in the top 10 with Barsha being hurt, Dean Ferris being like only a few weeks on the bike here, basically, I think that was a good finish for Dean because basically I don't have him being – he could beat probably Baggett because Baggett's so up and down. But other than that, the other guys ahead of him, I don't see him really jumping up there unless there's an injury or a crash or something. Um, and then our, our honorable mention would be the guy that I picked for fantasy on thinking, man, this is going to score me some awesome points even though I don't really care for this guy. Joey Savacci out there on a testing day going 40-37 for 39th overall. 
Thank you for scoring me a solid 32 points. Really appreciate it, Joey. Um, you really helped your brother out. I'm super excited. I thought for sure, I, basically, I expected way more out of Joey. I expected him to be in the top 10 when he came back here. He obviously was not. Um, and as we saw on the broadcast, he was in the pits multiple times making changes. In fact, he, was, he went out of the first moto. That was why he got 40th. Um, and the second moto, like I said, in the pits multiple times making suspension adjustments there. So it was a, well, we'll bring him back. But we'll bring it back and just kind of use it as a test day, basically, is what happened. So thank you. That really was awesome for me in fantasy. So next week we have no show because we have a week off here. Um, and then we will come back with Father's Day weekend there with High Point show. So hopefully that weekend when we come back for High Point here in two weeks, I will be able to have someone in studio with me to bounce stuff off. Hopefully Justin, maybe Cole. Maybe I'll bring in a ringer. Haven't really decided yet. Um, but, yeah, hopefully I'll have somebody to at least bounce off because it's way more fun when you guys aren't just listening to me talk. So, anyway, like I said, short and show here. Because I'm solo, this has been another episode of the Moto Aftermath Show presented by TLR Cody's. Make sure to check them out for all your powder coating needs. Make sure to follow us on all the social media. Make sure to check out all the links down below so you can uh, help support us. Keep the lights on here. And we will see everybody in two weeks after High Point.